This episode of the Sensibly Cynical Podcast is sponsored by SC Graphics. This company is incredible. They focus on creating, collaborating, and growing with each and every project, including the actual Sensibly Cynical logo. My boy at Seth CGC helps artists, creators, streamers, brands, and businesses with logos, visuals, print production, and special projects. He also provides free 30-minute consultations. Make sure you check out his website, sgraphics.co. Welcome to another episode of the Sensibly Cynical Podcast. My name is Sean, and today's episode is a great one. I am set to be joined by Natalie's Ruby. She is a Grammy-nominated singer-songwriter out of the Bronx. Um, She's absolutely incredible. This is, you know, an awesome, awesome interview, and I'm excited to share it with you. So, without further ado, here is my interview with Natalie's Ruby. Joining me now... She is a multi-platinum selling, two-time Grammy-nominated singer-songwriter out of the Bronx, Natalie's Ruby. What's up? What's up? <laughs> Thank you for the introduction. <laughs> Are you a Yankees fan? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I am a Yankees Oh, I got it right. But I, you know, I haven't had time to watch baseball in a while, so don't, don't ask me stats. <laughs> 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 I stopped watching when Derek Jeter um, retired. Oh, okay, yeah, he was, I remember that play, uh, that little flip he did to, to get the guy out at home, mm-hmm. that was pretty cool, but uh, can you talk about your, like, your beginnings musically and your journey to your success in the industry? Sure, um, so I, I started singing very young, and once I was in a position to, like, make my own decisions, I joined local choirs in my neighborhood, and I sang at a community church. And so that's where I started to build my experience. Um, and it wasn't until after college, because I did the whole college thing, listening to my parents, like, music isn't going to get you anywhere. <laughs> you have to have a plan B. So I focused on that first. And then after I finished school, I'm like, okay, I proved myself. Now it's time to do what I want to do. Um, and at the time that that was happening, when that transition was taking place in my life, uh, old choir director called me up and he was like, I have an opportunity to sing background vocals. Are you available? So I said yes, you know, because he, I got all of my training from him. I trust him and I know that he's not going to send me to do anything strange. And I asked no questions at the same time. So when I got there to the studio, I found out that I was singing background vocals for J. Cole <laughs> on his album Born Sinner. And he was in the studio kind of like coaching everyone and letting the producers know what he was looking for sonically. Um, And so for me, that was like a Kickstarter moment. That was a confirming moment for me, just letting me know this transition that I'm about to make in my life is appropriate. And I I just felt like I had purpose, you know, like I felt like that was the green light that the universe was giving me. And so from that moment on, I spent some time figuring out what I wanted my sound to be like. And, you know, I lived life a little bit and tried to gain inspiration. 
from my ex- my experiences in my life and put it put it to the music. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how this journey started, you know. And I've I've been independent ever since. Um, I'm open to you know partnering with a major label, but at this time, that's just not um, it's not on the table right now. So I'm holding on for the right opportunity and just making good music in the meantime. Well, whoever whoever gets you, they'll be lucky, you know. <laughs> I like your stuff. So I let's. Mean, I'm, I'm putting it out in the universe that I'm going to align with a label that understands my vision, understands me as an artist, and is going to allow me to be the creative person that I am, and will put me in platforms that are necessary for me to reach a wider audience, you know, because I feel like I have a lot of good things to talk about. And <laughs> I feel like people could relate Let's go back to 2015. What was it like making your debut EP, Ascension? How long was the process? Was it something that just happened like really quick? My favorite song on there is uh, uh, Let Go. That lyric kind of spoke to me, the one that said, time to live life and let go. What was the inspiration behind that song? Um, so that was, a, that was a co-write. I wrote that song with two of my close friends, um, Phoenix and, and Nick Drake. And they kind of knew what I was struggling with internally, but they also had their own things going on. And we were collectively in the same place where, you know, it was time to just surrender and and allow some time for us to focus on ourselves and and be the people that we want to be. And so that's how that song came about. And like I told you earlier, I was on the cusp of just finding out that I had lupus. And for me, that meant that I was going to have to let go of a lot of things that were stressing me out, things that were, weren't making sense, um, you know, food that I'm not supposed to be eating, my perception of, of the illness itself, like there was so much that I had to let go of if I wanted to move forward peacefully. And right. so that, that song is, is, is a, a staple in that time of my life. Right. Well, um, it's just amazing. It's amazing music and it's like a healer for everybody, right? Because yeah, 
and the fact that you're so transparent about your story, I really appreciate it. No doubt. Thank you. I mean, I, I feel like we go through things to share them with others so that other people can connect and possibly not make the same mistakes that we've made, you know, and also so they won't feel alone. Whenever I, I get like, man, should I share this aspect of myself? I try to focus out. Like, there might be somebody out there that is going through the same thing that I am, and they need to hear that it's okay. Mm-hmm. I, I agree 100%. Uh, so I saw online that you had two songs that made the Wendy Williams movie. Is that correct? Yeah, that is true. What were those two songs and how? what was that uh, process like? Um, so we got the intro to the movie and the song is called How You Doing? <laughs> and it was supposed to be like a, an updated version of the song that she plays on her talk show. I don't know if you've watched the Wendy Williams talk show, but she has like this little jingle at the beginning and when she goes to commercial break. Um, and then the second song is called Suddenly. And so these songs were tailor-made for the movie. Um, one of my producers contacted me because he has a relationship with Lifetime TV. And he said, you know, Wendy Williams, she's making a movie and the music supervisors, this is what they're looking for. And so, you know, he described them needing something that sounded like the theme song for the show and then they also wanted something that sounded like 90s R&B to mark a certain moment in her life where she was transforming and not doing the things that she was used to doing all the time. Mm-hmm. So we took those things into consideration and we just went into the lab. We did most of it virtually because this happened during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he, he sent me his ideas, and then I would send him my ideas, and we kind of went back and forth two or three times until we got our final product. Now, once we had our final product, we had to compete against everyone else that was submitting for this movie. And from what he told me, there was like a thousand other producers that also submitted for these scenes. Um, so we just, we submitted, and we just left it up to the universe. We left it up to God, you know, if this meant to be, it'll be. And then mm-hmm. two weeks after we submitted the songs, we got the call that it was going to be in the movie. But at the time, they told us only one song had made it, that it was the Suddenly song. Oh, wow. So, you know, we were excited about that. And then the movie came out. And as soon as the movie starts, I hear my friend's production. And I'm like, oh, my God, they, they're using his production. So I thought maybe they just kept the beat. But then I heard my voice kick in. And I was like, oh, my God. I'm, I'm singing the intro for the movie. <laughs> and my family was like, you didn't know? And I was like, no, I didn't know. They only told me about this one song, but now it's two songs. And so that second song was a surprise. Uh, and that, that's the story. That's awesome. That's a, that's a story and you're sticking to it. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I uh, read that, I'm like, man, that's, that's awesome. So was that validation for you that all your hard work is paying off? was validation and I felt like I'm on the right path um, in December the year prior because you know the movie came out in January so in December I had made a strong prayer and I also had written down some affirmations and things that I wanted to see for myself and what I wanted to accomplish in 2021 and I wrote in my iPad I said that I wanted to get at least three songs placed in a major film or TV show and so for me, that was like, wow, the power of prayer, the power of manifestation and what I could accomplish if I see myself doing this and I actually put intentions toward getting that done. 
Right. Um, what was it like getting the nomination from the, uh, like the credit from the uh, was it Recording Academy? What was it like? Yeah, it's like let me let me capitalize on this. I hear you. What's your thoughts on the whole Spotify, royalties? What's your thoughts on all that? I mean, I feel like artists are not getting paid enough, obviously. 0.0008 of a dollar is not enough for a stream. And these companies are all making loads of money and they're in bed with each other. You know what I'm saying? Like, DistroKid has taken Spotify and I don't know how many other labels. If you do the research, you'll see that they're all feeding off of each other. And so the independent artists were kind of like at the bottom of, of the ocean, trying to find our way up to this, this larger body of water where we could be seen and heard. Um, so that's my take on that. But on the flip side, you know, Spotify is great for reaching people worldwide. I feel like music is able to stretch even further now because of these platforms. The only thing that sucks is that like, are they really fair and are they really paying out what they should be paying for? People who work hard to put these songs together. What was the genesis behind Nowhere Together, the collab you did with, uh, was Blueclin? So at that time, I was going through a phase where, like, I was missing somebody so bad. Um, and this was before the pandemic because I, I decided to leave New York City and move to another state and kind of, like, start over. And I understood that that meant letting go of a lot of relationships. Um, And so there was one relationship in particular that was hard for me to be away from. And so this song was my opportunity to, like, share that with the world, how I felt. Like, I wanted people to hear my cry. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, you know, Blue Clan, he's, he's so cool. I met him online as well. We met on Instagram. And he had heard some of my songs on my website. And he told me, you know, that he started working on something but needed help finishing it. And when I heard his ideas, I was like, wow, this is the vibe that I'm on right now. And your track is the catalyst for me to express that. And it kind of like, it happened so organically. And and in the end, we were both so in love with the song and it just made sense. Yeah. So was that just something that was quick? It took me about an hour and a half to write and record it. And so after I did that, I sent it to him for his feedback. And he had, you know, little things here and there that he asked me to change. 
Um, so I would say a total of two days, but in work hours, maybe two hours, it took for us to finish writing it. And then the mixing and mastering phase was the part that took the longest um, because I'm very particular about how my voice sounds. And when you're not in the studio with someone as they're mixing, it's hard to hear how things are coming out. So we went through several rounds of feedback and I just wasn't happy with it. He was like, okay, well, you know, we won't release it for now until we find someone that can mix it to your liking. Um, and then eventually we invested in getting it mixed at um, Abbey Road Studios. Mm-hmm. And when they when they mixed and mastered it, like that was the one. But it took like several months for us to get a mix that we both really liked. Right, right. Uh, so talk about your new album, Good Fridays. Uh, I see your single, But God Has Success on the Billboard charts. What was it like doing that? Just, you just write you just write to it and bada bing bada boom yeah, huh this, this one I, I was ready you know? <laughs> and it sort of helped that the guys had a very strict deadline as well because they um they had a marketing plan in mind that they wanted to test out with this particular album and so they were like if we're gonna hit these targets i need you to deliver by this day and then you know that kind of put the battery in my back to get it done as opposed to my first ep where i was like ah, no deadline <laughs> musical influences growing up. Yeah. 
You mentioned, uh, you know, producing and putting a album together during the pandemic. How did that change your career? Um, so before the pandemic, I was already in pandemic mode, if that makes sense. Um, because I had just left New York City and I was in the middle of transitioning to another state. I had um, saved up some money to not force myself to do a job I didn't want to do and literally just focus on music. Um, and from very young, my mentor trained me how to record myself. So I was already taking online sessions before the pandemic started. Most of my, my songs were getting done virtually because I was in New Mexico in the middle of nowhere <laughs> and I had no connections out there. So, I mean, the pandemic for me just kind of put it on steroids. Like once everyone went virtual, there was just a lot more to do in the virtual spaces in terms of music goes. I got busy, even though, you know, some people didn't experience the same the same scenarios for me, like people were hitting me up left and right, like, oh, let's let's do an online session and I knew exactly what to do. Mm-hmm. Do you have any advice for young artists coming up now? Um, I would say that it's important to really be yourself, believe in yourself and see yourself doing what it is that you want to do, um, because if you're not there the road to get to where you want to go is going to take that much longer because subconsciously you're blocking yourself. Right. I think once you're in a position where you can see it happening, you truly believe this dream that you have in your mind, then God is going to just add to your path mm-hmm. the steps that you need to take to get there. But if you don't believe it, that's when you start tripping or you take the wrong exit, you go the wrong way, you look back, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I would say, yeah. What's your ultimate goal uh, professionally? Like, let's put, let's put the, let's see a glass like uh, in the future. In five years, what do you see yourself doing? Um, I want to have my own label, and I want to be developing at least three artists um, and preparing them for a world stage. Uh, I definitely want to be on a world stage myself, and um, I also want to get into doing uh, voiceovers for cartoons. <laughs> yeah. um, that's something I've always wanted to, to play around with so yeah like selling millions of records and having my own label that's pretty much the that's the that's the ultimate dream what's your thought I'd like to get independent artists uh, thoughts on something uh, what's your thoughts on the auto tune do you think it it's um, it helps a lot of artists you think it's a hindrance what's your thoughts on that um, I think that there's a lot of negative opinions on it And these opinions come from people that don't create music, and so they don't truly understand what autotune is. And so autotune can be used in many ways. It can be used to stylize a particular voice, or it can be used to clean up um, little bits and pieces here and there. Um, I think that when you're working in an industry where getting a record done costs you $100 an hour... Auto-tune is your best friend, right? Because you don't have to spend so much time in, in getting the notes perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that it should be a tool that you rely on. Like, you should be able to leave the studio and, and sing your song as close to pitch perfect as possible. And so people automatically think that if you use auto-tune, it means that you can't sing, and that's not the case. Um, even though that could be the case, it's not the case for everyone. No, I agree. And right now, auto-tune 
is standard in mixing and mastering records. You may not hear it because there's um you can push auto tune to be very um what's the word I'm looking for? To be very like aware and in your face, to be obvious, or you can have the auto tune be natural and blend with your voice and you can never tell. But all songs that are on the radio right now have auto tune on them. Even when you hear artists like um like her or um Frank Ocean people like that, they all have autotune on their voice. Does it mean that they can't sing? No. But then I can see why people would say that when you look at other vocalists that I'm not going to name because I don't want trouble. We use autotune. And it gives this perception that like if you use it, you can't sing, but that's mm-hmm. not true. So that's my take on autotune. Yeah. We talked about artists that you looked up to when you were younger. Who are you like into now? Like who's in your playlist, Natalie? I love her. I love Sabrina Claudio. And Alina Baraz. I also love Kalani. Um, trying to think on the male side, who am I digging right now? Bruno Mars for sure. Love him. And that new group that he started. What's it? What's it called again? Oh, I'm not. I'm not 100 percent sure on Bruno Mars. I'm more of a. I like a lot of things, but Bruno Mars isn't one thing that I'm super knowledgeable on. I'm sorry. <laughs> he, no, it's all good. He he merged with another artist and they created like a duet. I can't remember the name of it. But they have this song called out, called Leave the Door Open that's out now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm better with songs rather than... Yeah. Well, that song is the new group that he's in. It's not him by himself. Yeah, someone listening is going to message me <laughs> <laughs> and be like, it was blank. How could you forget that? It's called Silk Sonic. Silk Sonic. I love them. I, I love um, Bad Money. I love J Balvin. I love Maluma. I love my Latin music. So I I got a, an array of things happening in my playlist. Yeah, Bad Bunny, he he's makes so much money. That guy's like high rolling. <laughs> yeah, because he kind of he started a genre that didn't exist, and he man, he took that lane and just ran with it. Right down the middle and took all the bags. Would you do a collab with him? I would love to. I would love to if I could afford him, one hundred percent. Yeah, I know everything's everything's all about money, you know. Well, I appreciate your time. Same here. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Um, how can people find your music? Um, they can go to my website. My website has smart links to every song I've ever released. And my website is like my Instagram. It's natalisruby.com. So N-A-T-A-L-I-S-R-U-B-Y.com. All my music is there. Or they can just go to my Instagram and click on my, my uh, link in my bio. And it'll take them to the most relevant thing. On Spotify, just type my name, Natalie. I'm the only artist that comes up. You can follow me there, too. Your social media? My social media is Natalie Ruby everywhere. On Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch. What's the other one? Triller. I'm on all of them. Wait. Natalie Ruby. Wait, what, which one is that? I've never heard of that. Actually, I have, but I don't know what it is. What's Triller? What is that? Triller is like, it's like a new TikTok videos and, and pranks and stuff like that. I'm 34, so I'm just now getting into this like Instagram Reels. I'm behind. <laughs> like I feel like I feel like Instagram Reels have been around for like like five years, and I'm. Yeah, but, no, they also they didn't release um, yeah. Reels to everyone. It was like a slow phase out of who could post Reels and who couldn't. Yeah, I'm just now getting into them. <laughs> so. Like an entertainment app versus a picture app. Really? So, yeah, they're encouraging 
encouraging everyone to do reels more than regular posts. Well, aye aye, captains, you know. <laughs> we were, you stay safe, okay? And I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. You too, no problem. Send me the link to your blog again um, so I can share it on, on my social media. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, no doubt. All right, you have a good night. You too. Bye. Bye. There you have it. Another episode of Sensibly Cynical, Down the Hatch. Once again, I would like to thank Natalie's Ruby for coming on the podcast today. Make sure you hit up my boy on Instagram at SethCGC. There you'll find his link tree with links to his Amazon, Etsy, Teespring, and Redbubble. Coming up next on the podcast, I will be joined by professional wrestlers Prince Machiavelli and the Don Chaz Evans, better known as the tag team Pure Ignorance. Joining me for that episode will be Shizlansky. He will be my co-host for this special episode. Um, I'm so excited to catch up with him as well. Be on the lookout for that as I dive into the world of independent wrestling. Check us out on Twitter at Cynical Sensibly, Instagram Sensibly Cynical Pod, and you can check out our Facebook group. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. I would highly, highly, highly appreciate that. Thank you again for listening to the Sensibly Cynical Podcast. Please stay safe and take care.